Let's have a chat to Nathan Exelby and get his thoughts on this uh, wonderful race, the $20 million tab Everest race seven. It's coming through a quarter past three Queensland, a quarter past four, of course, New South Wales time. We spoke about I wish I win yesterday. I'll play a couple of comments from Peter Moody as we, we cover off on some of the major fancies in this race. And Nathan Exelby, journalist and form analyst, is with us again. How are you, Nathan? Yeah, really well, thanks, Steve. It's it's hard not to be excited um, given what's ahead of us in the next um, 36 hours. Something, you know, that I've mentioned a couple of times this week when you go back and look at the history of the race and, you know, Redzell won the first one, of course, uh, Nathan in 2017 on pace and then he went, basically won it the next year on pace. Yes, 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 sat off. Classic legend off the speed. Nature strip on speed. Giga kick well off the speed. So we've had a, a bit of a mixed bag. But what's interesting, a lot of reverse splits in these races, Nathan, faster... Um, their first six to the last 600 home. Yeah, I guess the the prize money helps generate that. I was looking at some some speed figures from the the, the six runnings of the race, and the, the slowest they've gone is actually 1.5 lengths above average for, and that's the average for a Group One sprint 1200 meter race. That's the that's the slowest they've actually gone up up to as much as 7.7 lengths faster in that first section. So uh, it's the best of the best. They expect them to be going um, quicker than normal, but even the slower run ones are, are, have been running uh, above average, Steve. Well, let's talk about I Wish I Win, Nathan. Um, you know, he's unbeaten in Sydney. He won the Eagle from about a midfield position on the fence. He won the TJ going past Giga Kick from basically out the back. He's run first up behind Mr Brightside. Had had plenty of merit, uh, particularly when Peter Moody said to me prior to the race, he was hairy as a, looked like a billy goat. Um, so obviously a lot of fitness to come from that. But it's been about six weeks and... This is Peter Moody's first impression when he saw I Wish I Win when he came over from New Zealand. Well, he, ca he came over as a very nice gelding. His confirmation's pretty good these days. He's a little bit aware. And, uh, you know, I thought if we ended up with a good Country Cups Group 3 type horse, we'd be more than happy. But uh, when we certainly started doing a bit with him, uh, we quickly learnt that he was above those sort of levels. And uh, um, But he still had a rating in somewhere in the... 80s or 90s, so as you said, we kicked him off this day last year in uh, Benchmark 100. Uh, he duly blitzed them and, uh, you know, quickly announced himself uh, as a very good horse. But if I told you we we're going to win a TJ Smith and be placed in a Lightning, I would have said you were kidding. I would have thought, um, you know, more a mile of the 2,000-metre horse, but he's got an unbelievable turn of foot, this horse, and... Uh, probably more so on top of the ground than he has on the wet. And he's, in saying that, his best win has been on the wet in the PJ Smith, I suppose. Comments from Peter Moody, Nathan. And I know a lot's been said about the pace, and we'll get to overpass in a moment, but he does obviously look the leader. But I'm thinking he, he could end up three fence in a similar position to the Memsey. What what do you think about gate one and this horse in general? I wish I win. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I agree. I think three pairs back and he'll have a, a number of runners behind him. So what it enables him to do is settle in front of three, four or five of them as opposed to just conceding and uh, and having to round up uh, all of the 11 others. So I think from that point of view, it's a, it's a plus. Obviously, you harden your mouth hoping that the, the, the seas open up for him, but... It, you know that's that's the risk you take in punting, but I, I just think from from an economical run in transit point of view, it's it's going to be ideal for him. 
and he doesn't have to be as far back as you pointed out in the Memsey. And even in the Lightning, I know that he was still last there, but he wasn't that far off the lead in a 1,000-metre in a sprint. So I think he can make some use of the gate. Nathan, we know this horse was desperately unlucky not to win the Stradbroke um, back in 2022, Private Eye. We didn't see the best of him last carnival, particularly in that victory stakes, but he's excellent. his run the other day was excellent, he's covering ground. He's drawn a bit awkwardly. What do you think about him, Private Eye well, here? Not dissimilar to I Wish I Win, a horse you thought you know, early on carved out his reputation as a miler winning the Queensland Guineas and, and also an Epsom. But as time's gone on, they've discovered that he's electric uh, over these short courses, which they discovered sort of October 1 last year at Flemington when it was just devastating that day. And that put him in the Everest where he you know, he should have finished a touch closer to, to Giga Kick that day. He then won the, the $3 million race a couple of weeks later. Uh, wasn't he wasn't at his best in the autumn, was he? But um, definitely the what he did there first up, even back to 1,100 and no dramas. He was able to stay in touch. So I think he rolls forward. Um, they may have to take their medicine and get stuck three wide pending what else, what else happens. But he'll put himself in the race and, um, you know, he's had a perfect preparation and just as, as he did last year and, and just missed. So he's right there. Private eye. Well, let's talk about, think about it. We just mentioned the Stradbroke where he was unlucky. This horse actually won it and then won the Kingsford Smith at Wait for Age prior. You could argue to say he should be 11 from 11 with a bit more luck. The day he was beaten, it was a slow run race and he got carted back. Now, he got the job done in the Premier box seating. That was a bit new to him compared with previous runs. Think about it. I mean, has he got the X factor or not? It was hard in your mouth first up. It, he looked on the canvas, didn't he? But he, he managed to find a way to win, and that's what he does. So I think from a map point of view, he's ideal here. He'll land, I would think, in the second pair, fourth, depending on what some of they, they do choose to do on some of those ones drawn wide where they, they may have to roll the dice to try and put themselves in the race. But no matter what happens, he's going to end up in the box seat. Um, I'm not sure if he's got the same X factor as the you know, horse like I Wish I Win or, or, or a turn of foot like Private Eye, but he's a winner and he'll be in the right spot in the run. So he's an impossible horse to, to knock. Yeah, and he was an expense of 70 grand. And we spoke about Private Eye was $62,500. Well, Vazoo, Nathan, he was one of the stars of the carnival last year in Queensland. And he's had a bit of a interrupted prep, of course. They missed the, the run last start. It was a back issue. They got the chiropractor to him and trialled him instead. He ran terrific in this race last year. Do you give him any hope, Marzu? Yeah, he did. And then sort of through the autumn, he was okay. He was terrific in Doom and 10,000 where the, the barrier probably played against him behind Giga Kick and Overpass. But all, all we've got to go on since then is that, that first up run where they just conceded from the barrier and he sort of poked along out the back, never got into the race. He's one of those ones I wonder whether, whether they might try and push forward, Steve, to, to put him into the race because I, I just can't see how he has a turn of foot to, to sit out the back and round up you know, horses like I wish I win private eye by giving them a start. So interesting to see what tactics they adopt on him. Well, I think we'll all be shocked if this horse doesn't lead uh, overpass 75,000. By the way, Marzu was 180, but overpass, he's not one of my horses, but you look <laughs> at his form, it's quite exemplary. It is, and he's such a key runner in the race. I, I, I doubt that he's good enough to win a race like this, even though the, the map looks pretty positive for him. But I don't think he's a horse, a sort of horse they want to hold up and try and make it a sit and sprint either because there's others there that will have a better turn of foot. So they, they want to run along at at least an even tempo to try and get some of them out of their, their comfort zone and give him his chance. Like if he holds up, and I, I just think that others are just a sitting shot. So uh, I, hopefully he does run along and... and 
I still think that there's going to be one or two that come jump out and sort of want to inject a bit of speed into the race. Yes, I mentioned his form, Nathan. Of course, you saw him in Brisbane. Yeah, he ran terrific in the 10,000. Giga Kick beat him a half leg. They actually did a bit of work in the run. And then, of course, uh, prior to that, he beat Amelia's Jewel. Oh, albeit lucky to do so, but still, <laughs> it's on the form. And then last start, second to Private Eye. But he's probably going to lead and maybe look the winner with a couple of hundred to go overpass from a good gate. Look, I like this horse, uh, Nathan. He's going in my everything. Uh, Buenos notches. What is your assessment of him? Yeah, he was, he's, he's taken the next step, hasn't he? He probably should have finished a touch close to Private Eye the other day. His first up win under the under the weight was good. You, you go back to, to last season, he wasn't, you know, he was only two lengths off the minute in a lightning, so he doesn't have to make huge improvement. And I think he has taken another step. So he needs to take another step forward here because he doesn't have the big peak ratings that a couple of these others do. But just like like so many in the race, you can see him racing well, but I still feel like he needs to take another step up the ladder. All right, of course. Uh, last start, as you mentioned, third to Private Eye in the shorts, and he just had a tick over trial recently at, at Rose Hill behind overpass. But Matthew Smith, just on his last start, this is what he had to say. Yeah, like I think it was a really good run. He was coming back in trip. We know the 1100's just a tad short for him. The 1200's much better for him. And... Uh, He'll be better back at the 12 in the Everest. Uh, his last 400 was excellent. He held up a little bit and he was the strongest late. So, um, you know, and he passed some nice horses uh, to get into third position. So he's clearly in good form and, you know, we're looking for a peak performance from yeah. him Saturday week. Yeah, he can just be a bit tardy out of the gate sometimes, but he's the most inexpensive horse, 40,000 bonus notches. This horse, apparently John Singleton paid a, half, a million for a half a share. The the full relation to Libertini. And I know you do sectional times, and he was electric the other day from in a slowly run race behind. Uh, think about it, Hawaii 5A, Nathan. He certainly was very good. Um, the, the, the one you ask, did he go extra good or did think about it not go as good as what we might have thought? Bella Nipotina is a, a good benchmark, and she was a, just a length away as she seems to be in, in these type of races. So he was terrific. Uh, what do they do for, with him? Do they just concede or do they roll a dice and roll forward? You know, got the right jockey to try and offset that, but it, it doesn't help his cause, I don't think, the, the barrier, Steve. Just uh, on him, I, I just wonder the other day, riding him like that, I, I wonder if they, you know, they've learned how to ride this yeah. particular horse, but as you said, the pace is a worry for them here. You know, if there was a couple of leaders in it, you'd definitely ride him that way, but, but yeah, they, maybe they stumbled on the way to ride him that, the other day. Yeah, possibly. I mean, at Hawkesbury, he sat sort of a little bit off them when he was so electric that day. Um, he was more handy in, in the Fred Best. He got the job done. Similar Stradbroke, they put him handy under the featherweight. Um, wonder also, Steve, whether or not he'll be looking for further than 1,200 metres now that he's two runs into the prep. Alcohol-free, well, they paid a fortune for her, as we know, 5.4 million guineas uh, at a sale, which equates to, what, um, around 10 million Australian. Um is she making up numbers here or not, alcohol-free? Yeah, on what we've seen in Australia, yes. But another key runner in that she is one that can possibly go forward. Um, she's not going to inject extra speed in because she's not really an electric 1,200-metre horse. But she can go forward and be among those first few in the run that just may help you know, pan the map out a little bit better and make it a little clearer. Here's another one I'm a bit frightened of, Nathan Espiona. Mm. I mean, I was one of those that all jumped on the bandwagon after that brilliant win at Flemington, and then she went through, you know, she was beaten a couple of times, but has she got her mojo back here, Espiona? What do you think? 
she's got a mojo back, but surely not. Surely she's not the best 1,200-metre horse in all of Australia and, and New Zealand. Um, really good 1,400 metres the other day. She wasn't. She was good first up over 1,200 metres, but it was a good campaign opener for mine. I, I just, I just can't see how she's going to prove herself to be the best 1,200 metre horse we've got. One of the most valuable colts in the country, of course, the three-year-olds, and the three-year-olds have done it previously. Shinzo, Chris Wallace, McAvoy. He's a hard one to line up. He was set a task first up with the Golden Rose, but obviously they they had this race in mind the whole time. Chris Waller brought yes, yes, yes back from a golden rose to to win this race. The three rods just aren't rating as as high this this spring. They have they've been very, very even without jumping out of the ground. Now they're at the same level as or even a higher level than what Giga Kick was last year and he just took that monstrous step forward. But you know, yes, yes, yes had rated much higher in, in his golden rose defeat before coming to this race. So he's he, you know, he wouldn't shock me, Shinzo, because he's probably got that, that improvement. But to this point, he's another slipper winner that needs to prove that he can come back at three. I reckon this horse will be really handy to overpass because they've got blinkers on, and I reckon that's their best chance anyway with a with a lighter weight here cylinder. But has he got the class to win and be effective here or run well? Yeah, I think a lot of us expected this to be this season's bivouac, didn't we, Steve? You know, just good two-year-old, you know, just ran well on the Golden Slipper and you expected him to take that big step forward at three. Oh, I'm not sure he has. He was terrific in the Golden Rose. You can say he was unlucky, but it was a blanket finish there. Uh, I'm just not convinced that he has taken another step forward this campaign. He's three runs in now, so we've probably seen where he's at and you're relying on those blinkers to, to, to find you, you know, the length or two that he needs to. So in summary, Nathan, the Tab Everest, race seven, your numbers? Yeah, right at the top, one and two. I just, if, if someone said to me, you know, put a gun in your head, you need to make a profit out of this race, I, I don't see how I wish I win misses the place, Steve. And you're sort of still at eighty-five thereabouts. It wouldn't surprise me if one jumps up and then beats him because I don't think he's necessarily a natural 1,200-metre horse. But I love the preparation they've given him with that 42 days between runs. He's a bomb fresh and he gets the softest of runs here and he'll he'll have he'll be coiled up ready to rock and roll. So he's on top for me in private eye, you know, he's back to his best from what we saw there first up eleven hundred metres. He'll roll forward, put himself in a race and you know, he wasn't far away last year. So so they're the two for me. Obviously think about it, he runs really well no matter which way you go about it. I just wonder if he he's got the same necessary turn of foot that the other two and if I had to make a fourth pick, I'd probably make it bonus notches and in your corner. I think he's going really well. Not convinced he's good enough to win, but I think he does run well. Yeah, I'm, I've got to wish I win on top as well. And it seems to be, you know, when the barrier one was going on about it, I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with it? Yeah. Um, you know? Well, they said that in the oar and it turned out perfectly yeah. for him. And just the, the, it, was, it, was, it was a run short there and, and needed the run and just didn't quite finish off like those of us that backed him would have hoped, just, <laughs> hoped him to. Yeah, and as I said, Peter was adamant. He, he looked uh, nowhere near fit when he ran in that race, and he did say in that interview too, he said, look, it's all about the money for me. He said, they offered me a big share in this horse. Uh, when I took over the training, he said to me, it's all about the money. <laughs> um, um, so there you go. That's I Well, I think I they've just given him a, a genius preparation. They had months to think about what they wanted to do and 
I think the way they've gone about it's been really good and hopefully they get proven uh, correct mm. tomorrow. So 460, I wish I win. Private Eye, your second selection there is $6.50. Nathan, before we look at the Caulfield Guineas, is there any interesting stats, Re this particular race? I know you're a great statistician. No, yeah, I love my stats, Steve, but not really, not, not in... You know the the um, you know, six years that you've got one one stat that's been good is that horses who raced through May June have got a pretty good record. Redzel, of course, ran in the Brisbane Carnival both years that he won. <clears throat> Classic legend actually raced in Sydney on on Stradbroke Day uh, his year, and I think Giga Kick won sort of that similar time of year in a lower race in, in Melbourne. So it's no harm to be up and about in May and June. And um, you know, Brisbane Carnival's got a pretty good record in the race in terms of not only just the Red Zell winning it, but uh, horses that have finished second, third and fourth in the race. This Caulfield Guineas, it's interesting when you look at the history of it, there's been quite a few long price winners and there's been some <laughs> outstanding winners. I think we all, I certainly think of Reduce Choice and the, the Testa Rossi year and of course, our Maze K and so on. Have you got a favourite Caulfield Guineas that sticks in your memory? Oh, Reduce Testa has to has to stand out. But I did love our Maze K. That was just something to behold what he did that day in beating a really good field. Octagonal ran third and come out and won a Cox Plate. It was just... I think that was his last win, wasn't it, Steve? In the end, our mate came yeah. back and ran in the lightning, and uh, wasn't the same horse. But the, those had been he'd been toweling up, then came and went to, went to the Group One level themselves. And he was toying with good horses that spring. He beat the older horses in the, the Vic Health, and then um, it was just a great display of sustained speed in the Caulfield Guineas. So yeah, we'll make our mates go just a lip in front of Redoots. Mm, I mentioned some of the roughies, of course. Mighty Boss was any old price uh, some years ago. I think in top swing was Big Odds E Console. Uh, Which was it, Aberity in '85 yeah. or something? Like Gary Dowdy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's been a bit of a mixed bag. Yeah. yeah. Last year it was Golden Mile. Prior Animo and prior to that it was LA Kirk. How do you see this race playing out? The Caulfield Guineas and how do you rate the strength of it? They've got favourites have got a, a terrific record, say since 2011 with Helmets um, winning that year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven since then. So it's been running true to form. Um, stats here: horses off a last start run in Sydney have got a terrific record in the last 11 years. Eight of the last 11 were off a last start run in Sydney. If you backed every one of them, you'd be miles and miles in front. And, uh, six of 11, six winners from just 11 runners were off a last start, first or second placing in Sydney. So that points to, to militarise. Now, he's got the bad barrier. Is he good enough to, to overcome bad barriers? If you look look at the horses that have won this race from bad barriers, Steve, they, they were outstanding. Elonro from 10, who we got you 11. Press was a dominant favourite in his year, and Animo a couple of years back. The other one to win from a wide draw was God's Own in that yeah, that was miraculous really that year. day, Glenn Boss. That's right. So he, to me, like he wasn't entitled to win the Golden Rose. And uh, like I said, there's nothing sort of jumped out of the ground from the three-year-olds yet. But he's the one that does. I think you know, he's won that race at a trip, a trip that's going to prove short of his best. And he just wasn't entitled to get there. And he, what he did in the last 100 minutes was extraordinary. So he, I think, can overcome the the bad barrier. The only other one off the Sydney run is King Colorado. And we've seen him at a mile once, but... That, that Brisbane two-year-old form from this year just hasn't stepped up at all yet, Steve. We, we're so used to it measuring up, but to this point, nothing's come out of those races. So I'm on the fence with him. So uh, militarised clearly on top for me, but the other thing about this race, it is a barriers race, and barriers one to five are just overachieve in this race 
every year and just missed last year the elliptical um, just slipped out off, off a really good bait so the horses I've been looking at from multiples and race well V8 jump out was only only fair but I wouldn't be putting the pen through him Southport Tycoon and, and Centrify Centrify is definitely the one that I could have something on at big odds he, he profiles similarly to a lot of winners he, he runs a nice race in the prelude he draws to get a really soft run here uh, his lead-up form has been good. Breeding says that mile will be just right. So for me, Militarise clearly on top, but the one at odds, centre fight a runner race. Yeah, well, it's uh, $15. The Militarise, to a point there, is he, he's been successful at the 1,600 metres. Mm. A lot of these haven't. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he'll just keep getting better. And well, I think he's top pick in the Cox Plate for mine, uh, Steve. Um, Militarise, there's nothing you'd be scared of from what we've seen of, of the older horses. And horses that come through or win or place in the size and champagne in Sydney, they just have a remarkable record in the Cox Plate. Maybe not winning, but they all run well. Go back to Piero, ran third the same year, all too hard, who'd placed behind Piero in a size, was second in that race. Yankee Rose, she'd won a size, ran third. Castelvecchio had won one of the races, finished second. Animo had uh, won the size and was stiff uh, not to win the Cox Plate, even going back before that. Viscount, uh, Samantha Miss, Manhattan Rain. They, it's just remarkable how though those two races, as two-year-olds, and then they get to a Cox Plate a few months later, and they always race well. So to me, he's just an ideal Cox Plate horse. Militarised, win, lose, or draw tomorrow. Well, there you go. You got me searching for the Cox Plate market. I suppose we don't know. Nine dollars, Steve. It is now. Yeah, we just don't know what Amelia's is going to do, though. I um, wouldn't be worried about her. Um, he'll step up in the next couple of weeks, this horse. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. Yep, $9 and $3 with Amelia's there at 5 and Romantic Warrior at four fifty. How is he favourite? Uh, I know they had the feed issue and blah, blah, blah. Said he needed it. He was all right the other day, but geez, I couldn't I'd back say he's favourite because of all the all the commitments that yeah. bookmakers would have on him to this point. You know, if they started fresh betting right now, obviously he would be closer to double figures. Yeah. It's not not looking like a classic Cox plate. But anyway, thanks, Nathan. That's right. Cheers, Steve. Nathan Exelby, as I said, journalist and form analyst and nosy stuff, looking at not only the Everest, but the Caulfield Guineas as well.